Broadcasting from the Pacific Northwest, the hipster, granola, tree-hugging, technology capital of the world, this is Don't Tell Mom, a podcast featuring multi-generational TV and movie talk from the slightly off mind of an uncle. I wish I hadn't drunk all that cough syrup this morning, you know? And his nephew. Later, dude. Pushing boundaries and helicopter mom buttons show after show. If you turn yourselves in now, you may escape a federal charge. Think that a movie is inappropriate for some audiences? Yep, we've probably watched it. Somebody step in a dark. And now here are your hosts, certified kid Ben and his goofy uncle Brett. Boys, what are you watching? Nothing like a little cowboy jingle to get episode 7 of Don't Tell Mom Going. I'm back. Very, very calming. Very calming is true. Uh, Welcome to uh, Don't Tell Mom, episode 7. I am your co-host, Uncle Brett. And I am your co-host, Ben. And uh, this is our podcast. Um, now, why this podcast? Well, we uh, we're interested in why movies work or don't. Many couple years ago, when Ben was uh, getting to that that ripe age where he really wanted to watch more uh, advanced films that his mom and I love, uh, we had debates all the time: what kind of movies do we let them watch and when? That prompted this podcast. That's exactly right. Ben, what about what about the next three? I'm sorry, say that again. What about what about the other reasons why? I'll take the tumbling down. Okay, why why you. us? Why us? Well, because we just love movies and we love talking about them. Right? Yeah. I mean And of course what is uh what what is inappropriate is the the other part. Why, why do some movies work at multiple levels? Um, sometimes movies uh, are rated uh, differently than the the maybe the uh, age at which uh, someone might enjoy them. So we talk about those things as well. Sometimes they're spot on right. Mm-hmm. I've seen many movies uh, for the first time years ago where uh, I probably shouldn't have seen them then and. Yeah, and that's it's very fun to talk about. <laughs> and you know, I'm we're not gonna. I'll ha, I'll let you say what movie we're gonna be reviewing here in a second. But I just have to say, um, we don't have to wait till the end for the spoiler alert on this one. <clears throat> this is a movie that you definitely <clears throat> shouldn't be letting a younger person watch. How old are you, Ben? Now, fifteen. 15. Okay. How do you think you could have or should have watched this movie when you were 13? When I was 13, probably. Uh, well, this is what I'll say. Uh, I, I think I remember a few years ago, maybe a couple years ago, I told my dad that I, I want to see 
I want to see this movie. And he says, I don't think you'll like it. And now that I, I have seen it finally, I don't know if I would have liked it back then because the movie that we're reviewing is funny, but it's really smart. And well, a younger me wouldn't have <laughs> and gotten it. And you weren't that smart a couple of years ago. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I actually saw this movie twice. I saw it on my own. And uh, about uh, a few days, maybe a week later, I saw it with the family. And the second viewing, uh, it made a lot more sense. So I think, yeah, if we're, uh, mm. if we're talking about when you would see it, I think I'm fine at 15. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think you're fine at 15 uh, yeah. at your particular maturity level at this point. Um, but I, but I, But it's definitely one of those movies where if you're – uh, 11 or 12 or 13 you definitely wouldn't want to tell mom uh, and maybe you wouldn't even because you didn't understand it anyway but we'll get yeah. into that um, so we have a legal release we always mention this we have a legal release from Ben's mom and and of course we have total consciousness from the Dalai Lama so we got that going for us which is mm-hmm. nice it's very nice um, alright Ben what is the movie we are reviewing we are reviewing the classic, The Big Lebowski, written and directed. The Big Lebowski, written and directed the by Dubai. Ethan and Joel Cohen. That's right. Uh, released in January of 1998 at the Sundance Film Festival, it stars mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges, who plays the dude. Uh, John Goodman, who's amazing, who plays Walter. Uh, we got Julianne mm-hmm. Moore, who's amazing. She plays Maudette, Maud. Uh, Steve Buscemi, yeah. one of the all-time great, who plays Donnie. Love him. Uh, David Huddleston. David Huddleston uh, is the uh, Big Lebowski, the older Big Lebowski. Yes. Yes, the big Lebowski. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the big Lebowski, not the dude. Yes. Um, <clears throat> the gosh, the the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman, who passed away, but he was amazing as the kind of nerdy uh, kiss butt guy of the of the Lebowski. But it's like he's so warm to the dude, right? Like, dude, I we just don't know. Just yeah, love the I, way he plays that guy. I um, I loved him in this. I thought he was right? it was different for Philip Seymour Hoffman. I thought, but he was. I just thought it was really funny. Right, Tara Reid, of course, who plays Bunny Lebowski, which the most of the movie revolves around what happened to Bunny, and yeah. um, and then you know, and then many others. I I'd say the other couple standout. Uh, actors and uh, um, and performances are John uh, Turturro who plays the Jesus the Jesus um, and then yeah and then the other guy is um, someone who um, I think is amazing Peter Stormare is his name Ben and he's the guy who's the first nihilist. He's the like the leader of the nihilists, Carl Hungus. Yes, and he was in Fargo. 
He was. He was. He was also – he's been in lots of movies. He's a. He's really got uh, an interesting uh, kind of persona. So great cast, all-time cast. As you said, directed, uh, directed and written by Ethan and Joel, the brothers, Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Ben, your favorite Cohen brothers movies. There's quite a few. Um, which – which are some of well actually how many of his of their movies have you seen i have seen let me think i've seen i believe five but i which is sad because there are so many and i wish i would have seen more but uh yeah i've so seen you've seen so what, have you seen fargo yes i've seen fargo of course and i've seen uh what, no country what about for no old country men. for old Yes, I've okay. seen uh, No Country uh, for Old Men, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and uh, The yeah, Ballad of Buster movie. Scruggs, uh, which is on Netflix. Oh, that's, yeah, a new one. Yeah, that's a new one. Yeah, and so um, I've only True seen Grit. Five. Have you seen, have you seen no, True I, Grit? No, I haven't seen True Grit yet. Actually, all the movies I, I just said were the ones that I've seen. I've only seen five. Uh, okay. No Country for Old Men, Fargo, Buster so another, Scruggs. I would say, I'd say another one. I would say another one that's really important for your list is Raising Arizona. Is probably one of their most classic uh, comedies that really I, was good. I here's the thing. On Christmas, uh, my grandma and grandpa, your parents, they gave me a bunch of DVDs, including Big Lebowski, and one of them was also Raising Arizona which I still haven't seen, but I would really love to. All right. Well, you got to tee that up. I can't, like, I can't believe my, my parents were that uh, creative with giving you a gift. They must have asked your mother. Oh, yeah, totally. There's no way they would have <laughs> known. <laughs> uh, right. So this movie had a budget. It was a small budget, dude. It was 15 million bucks, so not much. Um, and it opened like its opening weekend was only like five million, and it barely broke even domestically the year it was released. So it was actually wow. not a successful movie in its launch. Um, but it really, like you said, you watched it again, you liked it even more. It became a cult classic, uh-huh. and it since then it's been a cash cow. Um, I mean, domestically, it's made nearly $50 million, but the product, you know, all of the shirts and and mugs and sweaters and dude sweaters and all that, I mean, has made them a ton of money. So it's interesting. Absolutely. It's like a, a Christmas story and all that stuff. There's all the merchandise and everybody gets it and stuff and it's you're right. I right. I didn't I didn't know that this movie wasn't successful at first, but I know that well everybody loves it now because it's a cult classic and it's like gotten better over the years and and it's very sentimental right. to a yeah, lot of people. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. What what was the what was the tagline of the film? All right, give me just a moment. Now this is written down in our... It's on your show sheet. Uh, oh it's on Lord. your show sheet. Follow along. 
Okay, I got it. They figured he was a lazy, time-wasting slacker. They were right. <laughs> That's right. I love that tagline. Um, another another way you know that this film has got chops is the awards, which it won almost nothing. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 its it first did. big win was the Association of Polish Filmmakers Critics Award. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, this movie oh. should have been Oscar bait. It it more than deserved sure. it, I think. Well, in retrospect, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those classic could have been up for Rotten Tomatoes for all we know. Um, yeah. All right. So interesting facts about this movie. So uh, filmed entirely in California, which makes sense because it's a very Californian kind of California kind of movie. It's the the dude, the, the easy, relaxed, the all the characters seem very Californian to me to a certain extent. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, having it all in California, that that surprised me a little bit, actually. Yeah, it's unusual, actually, because usually they film in various places, depending on what they need. But I looked at the shot sheet, and it was totally filmed in California. Huh. What about you? You got any, you got any good facts on this I one? Have, Interesting. I have one. One fact that I'm very proud of that I was really excited to share. So it actually, okay. uh, it came from my teacher, actually, my English teacher at school. So okay. uh, during, uh, I'm sorry, uh, our unit that uh, we're doing at school is uh, Romeo and Juliet and Shakespeare. And my English teacher... Okay. Uh, Every week she sends out uh, surveys for students to write, like uh, just check in, how are you doing, uh, any ups and downs. And I always say, I talk about the movies that I've seen, like for the first time recently, like, oh, I've seen this, I've seen this. Uh, I said Big Lebowski for one of them. And uh, she responded saying Big Lebowski is one of her favorites. And she told me that there is a Shakespearean version of the Big Lebowski. It is called uh, Two Gentlemen of Lebowski. It's essentially, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a, it's a book, basically. It's like a script and it's all, it's all in the Shakespearean language. And it's, you could just Google it and read the first few pages. It's, it's fantastic. And it's. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. It took a lot of hard work, I bet. Yeah, especially written in uh, in uh, iambic pentameter. Um, that's good. I'm. I, I can't wait to read that. I have. I had not heard that before. That's awesome. Two gentlemen um, of Lebowski. Don't forget it. Right, like two gentlemen of Verona. I love it. It's a play on that. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we right, we've what... got some other cool facts here. I mean. Uh, let's see. In an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, John Goodman stated that the dude referring to the Big Lebowski as a human paraquat was one of the only improvised lines to make it in the film. Virtually every other line, including every man and dude, was scripted. 
I found that fascinating because you would think with how kind of fluid and quick and um, and very informal that whole movie is that uh-huh. they would have just been kind of riffing it, saying uh, dude and man and all that. But it was all scripted. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the Coen brothers are good. They know that stuff. Um, the, du- the dude says man. 147 times in the movie, nearly one and a half times a minute. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember reading this, and I was like, whoa, that much? It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, when being interviewed for the Inside the Actors Studio in 1994, Jeff Bridges uh, met the Coen brothers after reading the script, and he asked them, did you guys hang out with me in high school? Referring to the dude's easygoing surfer persona. Now, I had heard this. I'd heard this before, but I'd never seen this particular quote, meaning I have heard that Jeff Bridges just kind of fit this role because literally he was the dude growing up most of his life. It's kind of his his whole his he personally as a as a human being not an actor is just the dude he, he just embodies it so i love that 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 reminds me uh recently after i saw the movie i saw this clip from a conan interview with uh, jeff bridges and uh you know those gel sandals that he wears in the movie yeah yeah, yeah those were really jeff bridges those were his and they pulled him out and right that that makes right. that's hilarious i had cause... heard that too he, that was literally hid like a, some of his wardrobe was literally just what jeff bridges wore <laughs> yeah is the role was made for him i know it's amazing well and that's why that's why it was so natural probably it wasn't it wasn't too hard uh, to uh, get into character for obviously for him oh yeah um, of course one of the famous lines the dude abides um, the I thought you'd like this one. It's kind of cool. It's it's got some depth to it. It's 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 a reference to uh, the to a biblical passage, Ecclesiastes chapter one verse four, um, which says, "One generation passes away, and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever." So it's a reference on how the dude, which much like the earth, can kind of weather change and chaos around him, but still remain the same, which is kind of cool. That's and exactly course, what happens uh, in the movie. I, I use that quote all the time, man. People, people will say something, and I'll be like, "The dude abides." The, the dude, dude abides. abides. The dude abides. There's a lot of classic quotes actually in this yeah. movie, right? So, "The dude abides" is a pretty, pretty uh, big one. Um, what's another one? Shut the f up, Donnie. What was what was one of your favorites? Shut the F up, Donnie. Right. Yeah, there was a lot of this. This is definitely, you know, as we said, uh, for uh, for um, for moms listening to the podcast, um, this is a R rated movie. And you definitely should have someone who it's definitely people who under there's there's drug references, there's swearing, there's uh, there's a little bit of nudity. So you just need to. Uh, be comfortable in your skin with uh, watching fiction, but there's definitely a lot of very uh, funny adult weird behavior around swearing. So yes, uh, 
shut up Donnie or shut the F up Donnie. Um, don't, don't, don't F with the Jesus. Don't great, F with the Jesus. Line, right. That might be my favorite actually. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, you can't repeat most of Walter's lines because he literally laces every single line with some kind of obscenity. Um, <laughs> one of my favorites and I've used it all the time is the rug, right? His rug, rug. gets stolen. His That's rug what the movie's about. On. His rug is a, it's a rug is a, the rug is a central character in this movie. Right. And well, the rug is. really tied the room together. Did it not? Did it not? It did. It absolutely did. <laughs> and yeah, so that's that's a great quote. And that's that's crazy because I I saw this when I saw this movie, uh, or at least when I knew of this movie, I always thought it would be about bowling, and that's a huge subplot. Is Walter and Donnie and the right. dude? They're they're a bowling team. And De Jesus is on right. the other team. I thought the movie would be mostly about that, but the movie is essentially about the dude trying to get his rug back. And <laughs> this is just—it's a crazy right. movie because it—it just goes all over the place. And I was thinking, seriously, he's just trying to get his rug. That's it, right? Well, it's—it's it's really it's a it's a who done it kind of mystery wrapped in the fact that all he really cares about is his rug and getting, uh, getting, uh, some, uh, you know, recompense for people stealing his rug. And yeah. then all these crazy characters that get thrown at him along the way. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me, Ben, that this movie in the year that it came out, didn't really get a lot of attention. Yeah. And and I didn't really clock this until I got I prepared for the show. But check this out. Here are all the movies that came out in 1998 when this, it was movie, a good this, movie, year. this movie came out in the in the movie came out in the early part of the year, like like I said, January. But it didn't officially open till like March. But in 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 1998, the Truman Show came out. Saving Private Ryan, Armageddon, Meet Joe Black, Rush Hour, some some amazing comedies, which of course this is, Something About Mary, The Water Boy, Blade, American History X, The Wedding Singer, Patch Adams, in Las Vegas. When Dreams Make Come, The Horse Whisperer, The Negotiator, and then as the and then as 1998 is finishing in December, Shakespeare in Love comes out. So I, 1998 was a killer year for movies. Holy cow! I mean, it, it's no wonder it got lost amongst all of that because there was so much hype about some of these movies. Oh, it should have been a part of it though. It that well, it 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 stands up now. Let's see, but you know, oh, it 20 does now, years yeah. later. Yeah, twenty years later, you you do a Google sh search on movies, uh, you know, in nineteen ninety eight that were released, and of course, Big Lebowski's in the top twenty. I but did that. You, I, I did that just now, and it was one of the first things. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I, was I just first. googled it, but you never, you wouldn't have known it. You wouldn't have known it in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, it's crazy. 
It's criminal. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, some of the best movies do not get appreciated in their time and, and you know, grow on you. It's, there's a lot of movies like that. Yeah, that's true. Many that's of which true. we, of course, love. Yeah. What was, um, so, so you would, you would recommend this movie to anybody kind of in that, uh, like a middle teens age, you know, near, near, you know, anybody in that 15, 16 year old and up range. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, you should have a good enough attention span and you should, you, you, if, when you watch this movie, you have to understand it because it's, it's okay. This is why I love this movie. It's a comedy, but it's, a smart comedy like it's 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 made for adults like you could totally tell because of its its rating the subject matter it's just very it's very sophisticated because like if i saw this movie a few years ago i wouldn't have liked it because i wouldn't have gotten it but yeah. now that i'm now that i'm 15 and i understand things more uh, <laughs> yeah i no, i i I understand it, Ben. I love your, I love your take on this. I I love it because I think you're right. It's a, for for again for those who haven't seen it or those who 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 based on our recommendation will go see it, um or or let a kid that's in their teens see it, um, it it is, it's an it's an amazing film because in the middle of a film that is yes, kind of goofy and juvenile and crass. It's incredibly smart. It's incredibly, you know, sophisticated in its comedy, even though even though it's wrapped in this kind of chaos, which is, I think, a really hard thing to do. It's just it's something that the Coen brothers are actually are kind of known for, right? Is even though the even though on the outward appearance it can be quite crass, it actually is quite clever and smart, and uh, it's a it's a great. It's a great uh, comment, Ben. Excellent. Yes, thank you. Well, so how are we going to... Go ahead. Okay. Uh, That's why I love the Coen brothers. Their movies, you have to pay attention to them to to understand it and to appreciate it. Like, that's the same thing with uh, Fargo and No Country for Old Men. There's a lot of dialogue in Fargo. And to be honest, when I saw it, there were lots of times where I didn't know what was happening, but you just have, you just have to understand it. And I really like, it takes, it takes a lot of skill to write like that. Mm. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah, well, they're the Coens have had almost as much success in just writing and not directing, just writing and being on the screenplay versus actually directing. So, uh, yeah. cause they're, they, they're very good writers. That's true. Um, all right. Well, so how would you how would you rank this one? Right. We got our normal ranking. We got ranking popcorn buckets one to five. Okay. So I'll go first. So reckon you. I would not recommend this movie to a child, partly because it is it's definitely an R rated movie, and also sure. And also, uh, they wouldn't get it anyway. So, 
that's why I would rate it uh four. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I I'll go with that. Um, I would go with that. I'd rank it. Uh, well, uh, yeah, for that actually, I think based on our based on our scoring, I would I would rank it three. Meaning you you need to be in that category to to watch it, and um, and you definitely uh, wouldn't tell mom if you were watching it uh, when you're younger than say fifteen. Yeah. Right? Actually, now, now that, you know. Now that you mention it, I'll 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 change it to three three point five three and a half. <laughs> okay, well, we can agree on that three and a half. Yeah, nice. Very good. Well, I'm I'm glad you uh, watched the movie because now we have it in our common vernacular, which is always good because we we like to speak in movie sentences where we don't actually say anything other than movie quotes. So that's a Another one to add to your repertoire. Oh, it's added. It's added. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you know, we're kind of getting to the end of the uh, time together. I'm glad everybody joined us for this episode of Don't Tell Mom. Um, Thank you so much. As we reviewed The Big Lebowski. Um, and of course, we've got the uh, Creed's Clearwater Revival. Yep. Um, ben, I love this scene when he's banging on the ceiling of his car after he got it back from being stolen. It's fantastic. Yeah, he loves his credence. He does. He was most worried about credence and whether that was stolen versus anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Well, thanks for tuning hey, well, in. Thank- Yep, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on iTunes and don'ttellmom.podbean.com. Until next time, may your rentals never be late, your streaming be in high def, and your mom not catch you watching something awesome. We out. We out. Thanks for listening to Don't Tell Mom with Brett and Ben. We hope you enjoyed our show and didn't go blabbing to mom. Please pass along our podcast web address, donttellmom.podbean.com, or find us on iTunes. Be sure to check out our archive section on the Podbean site for previous episodes. This has been a Man Cup production. Hey, hey, come here. I told you, dude, keep this on the down low with mom. <laughs>